Okay, what's happening, sports fans? We are now joined by full-time Hoops 1 himself, Aaron Bergen. Aaron is kind enough to uh, opine open-endedly and or close-endedly, depending on how much time he has during his lunch break, I'm assuming, uh, to help us out here understanding what the heck is going on. So, Aaron, I already talked to Bodie about this, and I have a singular fascination with the Christian versus Cathedral Catholic game. So I need you to help me understand everything else that is going on because I am blinded with just like the ultimate game to start off a playoff. So you want to work open through five? How do you, you, you lead and I will follow. Well, you know what? Let's start five to open. Let's do that. Let's, let's work small to large and, and, and we'll, you know, it'll probably go a little bit quicker. All righty, let's get going then. So I'm pulling up the D five brackets. We'll have right. that next to you. Um, we got, uh, Fallbrook, Horizon Prep, Calvin Christian, and, uh, Mar Vista all getting buys moving on to the next round. So talk to me about what you see, uh, in the, in, in the rest of that field. Is there anybody who you think can move on and actually make a run here? I mean, I think the, I, I think this is Fallbrook's to lose, uh, looking at how the, looking at how the brackets break, uh, you know, break down that Vincent Memorial Health Sciences matchup. It's never easy for a school to leave, um, you know, to travel from one county to the next. And so health sciences drew the short end of the stick there. They've got to go out to Calexico to face Vincent Memorial. I think health sciences season will end. Vincent Memorial will move on. But I think Fallbrook dispatches them really quickly. I think the big bit of news out of this bracket is the three seed, uh, that's Calvin Christian, which, you know, I, I honestly thought had a pretty good chance of doing some damage in Division 5. Uh, they lost their leading scorer on the season, Luke Bonds, to a torn ACL-MCL on senior night. Um, that's about as heartbreaking as it gets for a basketball player. Uh, and without him, it also robs them of one of their primary ball handlers. So I think they've got enough to get by that uh, three – um, six matchup in the second round, which will probably be against Holtville. But moving forward, I think this breaks down pretty straightforward. Marvista getting by the winner of the High Tech Ocean View game. Marvista advancing past Calvin Christian and facing off against Fallbrook in the D5 finals, where I think Fallbrook, um, just a little more size, a little more experience. Um, and just enough guard play to get it done. Well, if you would like to go out and predict all the way through to the finals, you are more than welcome to peer into the crystal ball that way. But thankfully, we'll get a chance to talk to you every single round. Uh, but this seems like this is one where you're right. The math should more or less play out correctly. Um, you know, I think it's a combination of, you know, not only is Fallbrook playing very well, going 5-5 five and five in the Valley League, which, you know, was a big accomplishment for them as a Division Five. Uh, team, but also, you know, some other key injuries throughout that bracket. Mar Vista lost uh, their starting big guy, Josh Dupree, who had a really good season. They lost him to a broken ankle uh, a few weeks ago, and they've been able to tread water. They beat Calvin Christian without him in their first game, you know, but down the stretch, they, you know, they faded a bit, losing, you know, losing to Sweetwater, losing to San Isidro by big margins without their big guy in the middle, and I just think that, you know, in that division, Fallbrook, it, it, you know, they've been able to stay healthy, which is a big part of the equation this time of the year. And, you know, they just got a lot of weapons. So 
Um, you know, that's that's where I see D5 at. Um, D4, you know, when we move into D4, this one's a, a little bit less straightforward. Yeah, so Aaron, what I have right next to you is the Calexico Victory Christian Academy, Claremont, Calipatria, that first chunk of the bracket. So um, the way I, I, I kind of did it with Bodie was, hey, give me two teams out of, out of each side of the bracket that you think are, are, are kind of little bit more guaranteed to go through but at least let's start with these two games just because i've got them right next to your face um i think calexico is gonna you know they'll get past victory christian and um i've seen claremont this year evan rice has had a really underrated season he'll probably be an all-league selection out of the central league but again going all the way out to calipatria that's a big hike um they got to do it in a day too they're they're not far enough away from Calipatria where they would be able to, you know, spend the night and do the hotel deal. So I see Calipatria moving on, but I think Calexico gets Calpat in, a, you know, in a game of two Imperial County teams in that top quadrant. Um, so moving down, we got Central, Escondido, Charter, Monta Vista, Chula Vista. Out of those two games, I'm a big fan of Monta Vista. I think they've got a lot of potential to make a, a sneaky deep run. Uh, Central, always a team that has physicality and athleticism. Any upsets you see here, or is this one also going to play out mathematically like the favorites? I see Central moving out of this quadrant right here. Uh, Central has a very intriguing prospect, a 6'5 and a half, almost 6'6 six, six wing by the name of Jordan Reed. He was a uh, played, who was a quarterback at Imperial, um, transferred mid-season after football season ended and had a really, you know, had, had a kind of an inconsistent year on the hardwood, but his talent level is undeniable. And the steadying force on that team is Khalil Wyatt, a six-foot kind of a, a really compactly built uh, guard, um, stocky, but can shoot it, you know, at a, at a really high clip. I think that Escondido Charter, again, health coming into play. If Tristan Hernandez was 100% and there were some other questions about guys' availability um, this week, I think if they were 100%, they would give them a nice run. But I think Central gets by them, and then I think Central will get by, Mon uh, get by Monta Vista, and so we'll have our first seeding upset with a five beating a four. That's my prediction. Moving into the lower half of the bracket, so one, uh, two of these teams will go on to a semifinal. One of these eight will go on to a final. Um, High Tech San Diego hosts Palo Verde Valley. El Cap hosts last year's Division Five champion San Pasqual. You know, I personally think that uh, El Cap is a very dangerous team in this bracket. They've dealt with a lot this year from academic ineligibility to chemistry issues on the floor. But when you've got an alpha um, in, in, uh, like they do with uh, Jake Fitzner, I think that you can win some games in the playoffs. I think they get by um, the Division Five uh, champions from last year, San Pasquale, narrowly. Um, I see High Tech getting by Palo Verde Valley. But I think that, that second-round matchup is going to be a really interesting one. I'm not sure if I'm ready to say that uh, El Cap gets the upset. Because high tech is, you know, high tech's not your average high tech this year. I mean, they went into Del Norte and played Del Norte to within four points on Del Norte senior night. Uh, that's a, they've got two really good guards there too. Uh, David McCray, 
Shinon Matsumoto. Uh, both had really big years for them. McCray will probably be the uh, league uh, player of the year. If not, you know, he'll be on the uh, all-league first team. Uh, I think that's going to be a pick em. And right now, I, I, I'd like to see how both of those teams fare in their first rounds. But um, don't be surprised if LCAP gets through there. Um, you know, when, So no when, cap on LCAP. Yeah. You know, so... But I also wouldn't be surprised if high tech, you know, comes out and those two guards, you know, combine for 50 points and they blow everybody out in that quadrant too. Uh, the last, the last two games we've not talked about in the Division Four playoffs. Once again, we're speaking with full-time hoops one Aaron Bergen, a contributor to prep hoops, like the man that you have to know and follow um, for high school basketball. Number seven Hilltop hosts Guajome Park Academy. Number two O'Farrell Charter hosts Southern California Yeshiva. Your take. I think O'Farrell is, um, you know, they're the, favorite, they're the favorites on this side of the bracket for a reason. They've had a really good year. Um, you know, schedule-wise, they still, you know, they didn't schedule as aggressively as I would like, given the pieces that they had coming back this year. But they've done enough um, to, you know, warrant moving them into the second round. Now, that Guahomi Hilltop game, that's going to be a very interesting one because I haven't seen Guahomi, but the intel I've heard about them, is that they are a fast team that likes to pressure the ball and, and likes to speed the game up. Hilltop is a team that has one primary ball handler, sophomore Damian Monge, and if you get him in foul trouble or if you start speeding him up, um, you know, like um, to a, a greater extent San Isidro was able to do, um, you know, they, you could cause them problems. I'm going to say the Hilltop, gets past Wahomey in a really close game. But I think in that second round matchup, um I, I think this is I think this is gonna be the game this is gonna be the quarterfinal matchup that we all want to see because I, I think Hilltop can get O'Farrell. Um you know bigger school, a few more bodies at their disposal. Um this will be this will be a fun one. Uh again this is a game that I'm not picking with a ton of confidence. I, I want to. See, I'd like to see O'Farrell. You know, two years in a row, really big record. You know, a lot of wins. You know, I'd like to see them get to that next um, step as a program. So I'm going to pick O'Farrell. But again, like we learned a few years ago, um, picking you pick against Hilltop at, at your own peril. Oh yeah, no, I'm 100. You know me, man. I am ride and or die with Hilltop as a 13 to 15 seed. That's my that's my comfort zone in picking. You talk about picking with confidence. Anytime there is double digits next to a Hilltop seed, you know I'm in. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to the Division Three playoffs. I had mentioned at the top that I am obsessed with the matchup in the first round between uh, Cathedral Catholic and Christian being the best one. I will say this, though, with the caveat to that is if Coronado and San Ysidro do get the chance as the one and two play in this division three final that might be the basketball game of the year potentially and i think it's an awesome chance that we have here so i mean i'll let you fast track it if you just want to say those two teams are, are going to make it all the way through um i mean I'll, I'll let you fast track it you can go san Ysidro, coronado just skip this entire one but but uh. if you want i've got all the i've got them up next to you now san Ysidro hosts madison in the first round brawley hosts ramona in what just sounds like a physical game. I mean, just the the words Brawley Ramona in the playoffs, it sounds like a knockdown, drag-out, brawl type of fight. Um, what do you see here in these first two games? 
Um, I see San Isidro getting past Madison. Madison, um, to, to Madison's credit, closed the year really strong. Uh, part of that was uh, the return of, I think his name is James Kurzich, uh, their sophomore guard. He missed almost half the season with the flu. Um, so he, he missed 10 games. Uh, his return coincided with their three-game winning streak to end the year, which got them into the um, field. But San Isidro is a different animal in that first-round game, so I'm going to pick them. Uh, the second-round matchup, Ramona and Brawley, will be um, – I think it will be the closest of the I've got to travel way out, you know, to go play game games. I think Ramona is equipped to pull off an upset against a Brawley team that really hasn't faced a tough schedule to a certain extent. Uh, but, you know, Brawley also has the home court advantage and, you know – Ramona has to travel. I'm picking Brawley in that one in a very close matchup, but I think both of those are arithmetic. I think uh, San Isidro moves comfortably into the semis. Uh, well, and one team they might have to face could come out of this other couple of games. Granite Hills, the number five seed, plays host to Morse, the number 12, and Grossmont, the number four, plays host to Hoover, the number 13. So uh, any upsets there, or are you playing this out a- academically as well? Um. You know, Morse is a team that is really just been hard to figure out all year. Um, they started out the year slow, which was understandable. They played five freshmen on their varsity team. Uh, but then they really they found their stride midway through the year, uh, beat up on Hoover in a game that wasn't very close, uh, had some good wins. But then they lost uh, their starting center, Major Latimer, for a handful of games um, due to academics. And they had to forfeit a couple of games that he played in during that time. Then they got him back after the um, end of the semester in San Diego Unified, and they started rolling again. But then very surprisingly, the end of the year, um, they, they tailed off. They lost two games at the end of the year, you know, when they had the, the Central League pretty much wrapped up, and they ended up in a tie with High Tech San Diego for that Central League crown. Um, so it's, it's, that's one of those teams that depending on who shows up, they could be a team that makes a run all the way to the semis, or they could lose in the first round of Granite Hills. Uh, Granite Hills is a team that started very slow and then just scorched their way through the, um, through, you know, through their league and the last couple of games, their non-conference schedule. I like Granite in this one just because their trajectory is much more straightforward. In that second uh, matchup down below, I actually like um, actually like Grossmont over Hoover. Hoover has the athleticism to bother Grossmont, but I think Grossmont can um, dictate the pace of this game. And if it's a grinded out game, I think that they've got just enough uh, uh, enough pieces to get it done. But I'm picking Granite uh, to win the uh, the rematch between the two of them. Uh, Grossmont won the first game by two points, but as it was explained to me, uh, McKay Roberts, their star, uh, Granite star guard, didn't play in that game, and they were also without a kid who has become a really key piece of their uh, their rebound at the second half of the year, Deion Spear, who is a transfer from Christian, who sat out um, the who sat out um, due to transferring, and with him back in the lineup, they haven't lost so. I'm going to pick Granite to advance to the semis against San Isidro, 
which sets up a pretty intriguing, but again, a straightforward matchup that I think that San Isidro will win pretty um, handily. On to the other uh, couple groups of games. We've got number three, Eastlake versus Pacific Ridge. Tri-City Christian versus Mission Vista. Interesting, interesting game in that 6-11 between Mission Vista and Tri-City Christian. Uh, both teams uh, aren't, you know, they're not pace pushers, but Tri-City has an alpha in Keaton Webb who can, you know, score it and shoot it at a high clip. Uh, Mission Vista has a couple of guys who are, you know, really underrated. Uh, you've got uh, the last of the Twyman brothers, Aiden Twyman, who's a mismatch at 6'5 with a lot of size. Uh, you've got Aaron Wartell, a really good shooter. And then you've got a, a junior in, um, why am I forgetting, Ty Cox, um, a really big-time shooter there. I think Mission Vista gets this win. Um, but in that first-round matchup, I see Eastlake uh, not getting much resistance in that 3-14 matchup. And I see Eastlake not um, having much of an issue with that 6-11 quadrant either. And Well, so then know, let's move on to the, the back quarter of games. Mount Carmel, West Hills, Coronado, San Diego Academy. Coronado, obviously, the one that we're talking about being the easiest all the way through. So uh, let's assume that they win that game against San Diego. Let's talk about the 7-10, though. Um, I like Mount Carmel in this one. They have a losing record, but this is a team that played a very challenging schedule for a Division Three team. Uh, one of the toughest schedules in San Diego, as a matter of fact. And they, again, play a style in the playoffs that can cause teams trouble. They made it to the Division Four finals last year and brought back just about every key piece on that team. I like them in that matchup against West Hills. And I think that the Coronado-Mount Carmel matchup is going to be closer than a lot of other people think. Uh, I deal. think that... Huh? I said uh, the deal. Let's move on then to the uh, the Division Two playoffs. I have that called up next to you. We've got the number one seeded Benita Vista Barons that were in and out of the top 10 all year long. Um, a lot of speed and athleticism there. They're playing Point Loma. And then uh, the 8-9 game, always a, basically a, a toss them up pick them, and that is Orange Glen playing host to Olympian. Mm -hmm. um, Bonita Vista, great story, great year. Uh, I see them um, probably you know, moving on comfortably against Point Loma just because of their speed. Point Loma is a team I'm really familiar with because they play in the same league as my son. And so I know when teams push the pace and are able to get them um, you know, are able to get this run score up a little bit, they struggle. So I see Bonita winning that game. Orange Glen Olympian, I think the only thing that separates them is the home court advantage that OG has. Olympian has struggled away from home. Uh, case in point, last game of the season, uh, they played Otai Ranch in Otai, on Otai Senior Night. And this is a game that, you know, this is a game that I thought was going to be a fairly close game. And Otai was able to win by almost 40. Uh, very surprising um, in, in that respect. Orange Glen has been down most of the year, uh, down one of their key players, Christian uh, Martinez, who ha started off the year averaging like 14 points a game. Um, so, but but they've been able to weather the storm of you know playing in the Coastal League. So I'm going to pick OG in that one. So UC Lincoln, Otai, Sarah. Yep. Man, this. Those are, those are two wars right there. Um, this may be 
one of the times where the 5-12 matchup really reflects kind of the NCAA, you know, 5-12 is, is your typical upset round. Uh, University City, very good team. Uh, beat Scripps Ranch by two. Um, you know, Lincoln lost both of their matchups to Scripps, including an overtime loss at Scripps uh, on Scripps' senior night. Uh, but there's something about Lincoln in the playoffs, uh, you know, the tenacity. That you never count them out. You can't really count them out. Um, so I am going to say that um, Lincoln goes into UC and gets uh, gets an upset. Deal. Let's talk Otay Ranch, Sarah. Just give me uh, 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 Otay Ranch. Sarah, who, who do you got? I think Sarah can pull it off. Deal. Um, I do. I think their speed. I saw them play against Coronado earlier in the year, and Coronado really only had one like guard who was able to attack the basket against them, and that's obviously Wayne McKinney. And they pushed they pushed Otai to overtime. Uh, Sarah brings multiple guards who can um, speed you up, and that's been kind of the Achilles heel of this Otai team. Otai's massive. I mean, this is one of the – they probably have the biggest – or second largest front line in all of the section. They got a six nine center and two six five guys wing who um you know, who are equally as physical, but they don't handle athleticism well. So I think you could see a Lincoln Sarah Eastern League rematch in that second round, or you're gonna see Sarah play um, Sarah play UC. But I see Sarah uh, riding the ship and getting that win on the road against Otai. Deal. Another group of games is going to be Army-Navy versus Canyon Crest Academy as well as Oceanside and Scripps Ranch. Who's going to meet up out of those two games? I think Army-Navy gets it done. Uh, Army-Navy's come on strong as of late, beating Santa Fe Christian. I mean, they took a loss against Loyola Country Day in the last game of the season, um, but they also beat Olympian, um, which, was a, which was a good win for them, too. Uh, if they're healthy, they, they should get that win. Oceanside Scripps Ranch is going to be another war. Uh, Oceanside has a lot of size. Again, a, a team with a lot of size. Paris Smith is listed on the website at 6'8", 250, closer to 6'6", but a big customer. And, of course, Cameron Beecham, all 6'5", 200, you know, high major D1 receiver, but a problem, you know, physically for a lot of teams. Uh, Scripps Ranch, what gives them a puncher's chance in this game is, one, uh, they defend at a really high clip. They really low run. They keep the score down. And they've got a big who can match the physicality of Paris Smith in the middle in Grant Norberg. Don't be surprised if Scripps goes into Oceanside and pulls off the upset. I'm going to give Oceanside the nod by a hair, but I wouldn't be surprised if Scripps gets that done. Last group of games to talk about in Division Two is Escondido hosting Del Norte, San Diego hosting Patrick Henry. Um, this looks like this is going to be a uh, an Escondido San Diego second round matchup. Yes, I think so. But the Escondido Del Norte matchup is going to be a fun one. Escondido they're moving in two different. So Dante um, started off league with some surprising wins. Looked like they were going to finish second in Palomar League, but then stumbled for the end of the year, and then really struggled against a high-tech San Diego team that they should have beat handily on the senior night. Um, meanwhile, uh, Escondido lost to Del Norte in January 
Um, I talked to Coach Baldwin earlier um, this week, and he mentioned that during that time they were dealing with a lot of injuries and were kind of rounding into shape, but then they blitzed through the Valley League. So you got to like their momentum going into that first-round matchup. So I'm going to pick Escondido. San Diego Patrick Henry is another tricky one because depending on what Patrick Henry team shows up, you could, you know, they could bomb you out of the gym with threes, Aiden Alfino, Cameron Marshall, big-time shooters. Uh, but I like San Diego being at home. Um, the home court has been a big deal for them. They've only lost two home games over the past uh, two seasons. That was to Lincoln uh, in the 2017-18 season and to Sarah earlier uh, this season in a game where they were down two starters and a third starter was playing with the flu. So uh, the home court's a significant advantage for them, so I'm going to pick San Diego in that matchup. I have the Division One playoffs pulled up next to you now. We'll talk Santa Fe, Christian, Mount Miguel, RBV, Mission Bay. Who meets up out of those two games in the quarterfinals? I think Santa Fe moves on. Mount Miguel, really rough year for them. Coach resigned midseason. Uh, struggle, so Santa Fe moves on. Uh, I'm going to pick Mission Bay in the upset. I think that Trey Taylor, that Trey Taylor, Noah Fields matchup, is going to be one of the better individual matchups that you see in any of the playoffs. That that will be a fun one. Uh, but I think that the guard play of Mission Bay um, will help them get an upset um, on the road. Moving on to the next group of games, we got the number five Helix, number twelve Vista. It's going to be played at Grossmont, however, so it technically is a neutral site game. And then San Marcos playing host to Bishops. Helix finishes the season with some top ten voting. Decent amount of hype, but does the neutral court negate everything there and, and give Vista a, a little bit of opening? And then who do you see them taking on, the winner of that game, winner of the other game? I think Helix gets this one. Okay. Um, it's not so much a neutral court when one team has to travel from 35 miles. Understandable. To, and at 530, you know, you got to deal with traffic coming from North County. So... Felix will probably have a bigger, uh, you know, a partisan fan tip there. Um, and just simply right now, they're playing better basketball um, than Vista is. Vista has been an up-and-down team. Um, depending on if Matt Rivera, um, you know, comes out firing, you know, they could make it interesting, but I'm going to give Felix the very slight nod in that one. Uh, San Marcos-Bishops is another really intriguing matchup because Bishops is playing very well to end the year. Uh they took Army-Navy to a one-point game on their seniors' night and looked very comfortable uh, in those settings. San Marcos, on the other hand, has dealt with some injuries and you know finished the game on a bit of a slide. I think San Marcos gets past the first round, but um, we'll talk about the we'll talk about that second round you know when we get past those matchups. Next, we got El Camino Westview. El Camino closes the season out really hot. Uh, LCC Rancho Bernardo. So who's going to meet up here up in the North County? I think it's going to be EC and LCC in this one. Uh, I just like EC's tenacity on defense. Uh, and they have enough scoring with Tyson Robinson, Kiabe Love, and uh, Henry Hartwell to, to beat a team you know, home and on the road. Uh, LCC uh, played much better down the stretch as John Hapgood kind of got, you know, integrated into the system after having, having to sit out after his transfer from Country Day. 
So I'm going to pick LCC in that one. You know, you talk about uh, Vista and the, the physical distance being hard to overcome, getting all the way out to the East County. We see a lot of that in the playoffs. Very rarely, though, do we see a grouping of games like this where, yeah, I mean, I get that El Camino West is still a little bit of a distance, but, man, this is going to be easy for these two games to be very, very loud and hype and a lot of energy for them to feed off of. So I'm right. El Camino West game traffic won't be a factor because it's played at eight o'clock yeah. at Army. So, you know, if Westview gets their crowd out there, that should be a fun one too. Um, I'm I'm looking at that that LCC Ranch Bernardo producing a special moment though because it's just close and there's going to be something fun there happening. Um, yeah. Mission Hills La Jolla Country Day, Carlsbad Montgomery, Bodie went out here and said. You know, be be wary of that number ten being a lie next to La Jolla Country Day. He was big on them in the first round. I don't see much that can stop Carlsbad in general in this playoffs, though. However, only team I think that is you know really equipped to handle Carlsbad in this bracket would be either Santa Fe Christian, or you know I think if LCC can get by um, later on in the rounds, I think LCC can give them a scare because they played them very close. Um, during the season but with that said we're talking about 7-10 matchups and you know La Jolla Country Day came out into the year and got a really key road win over Army Navy to close out their year they look very good Mission Hills started the year out on fire I mean they cracked the top 10 won a ton of games you know but then got in the league and you know that that Abo West is not Kind to that lower, you know, half of the of that of that league. I mean, you can just finish that sentence with "It's not kind to anyone." It really isn't. I mean, it's a gauntlet for sure. Uh, Mission Hills was able to get two wins out of that league over Jamie Press. Not much else. But in this one, you know, the reason why I like Mission Hills um, to handle business one is they've got a great home crowd, and two, they play defense. Um, and, and they play a very physical brand of basketball. And I think in the playoffs, the more physical you are, um, the further you'll go. And given the fact that they're not going to be facing Torrey Pines or, you know, until later rounds, LCC or Carlsbad or, or you know, those, or those guys in the world, I think they can handle uh, Country Day at home. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, or but I think it's going to be I think it's Mission Hill's game to lose, for sure. You mentioned Torrey Pines and a couple of those other teams. I just I've, I was interrupted with an email. Uh, John Matthew has sent out the final regular season top 10 poll for the San Diego Union-Tribune uh, media poll. Cathedral Catholic, Torrey Pines, St. Augustine Christian, Foothills Christian, Poway, Parker, Modern Day, Helix, and El Camino is your final regular season top 10. More or less, that means nothing, actually. Um, it's just a convenient segue to say, what do you say we talk about open division now? Um, so, so I know you love that cathedral Christian game in the first round. Well, it's just it's it's click it's clickbaity TMZ worthy headlining news of the you know Christian just wrecked all of the concept of Cathedral being a number one team a few days ago. Has a huge weekend. Doesn't ultimately move up anywhere. Cathedral stays at number one. I, yeah, there's just a lot of plots to it. I I I see what you, I see what you're saying, and I I mean obviously they poked some holes in the. I don't think there was any aura of invincibility with any of these teams to begin with, but when you're the one seed and you you know slide into the playoffs after that loss, 
obviously it raises questions. I think the one thing though you have to remember in that in those two games is that both teams handle business on their home court. So the onus is now on Christian to you know to um, remake that magic from you know at the at the Ryan Athletic Center inside of Claver. That's not easy. That's not easy at all. Um, so I'm gonna pick Cathedral in that one. I, I think they get it done. Winner, winner of that game's yeah. Winner of that game takes on Foothills Christian and Francis Parker. And another one that just met up, and, and this one though was not a decidedly close game. This one, Foothills Christian showed uh, they at least at that moment had an answer for everything that Parker threw at them. Yeah, and this is actually the inverse of what we just discussed. Both of these teams won on the other team's home court. Uh, Parker, Parker handily beat Foothills at Cuyamaca. And then Foothills went into uh, Parker and handily beat uh, Parker on their senior night, no less. So the question is, does Parker, you know, who lost two or three down the stretch and, you know, are the minutes catching up to the five guys that, you know, play pretty much the almost the entire game for them? You know, with Foothills rounding into the team that we, you know, expect at this time of the year. I mean, there are a lot of questions to go around here. I'm picking Foothills in this one. I think they uh, they go in, they take care of business on their home court, and Yassine Garam, again, gives the um, emphatic, you know, close to who should be the um, Coastal League MVP, and I think he uh, takes them into the second round. Uh, but kudos to Parker. I mean, they're going to move on and play in the state playoffs, but Parker has defied all odds this year, you know, having such a small team and having, you know, really only six guys that, that contribute. You know, it's, it's been incredible to watch all season. Number three, Torrey Pines will play host to Poway, and number two, St. Augustine will play uh, modern-day Catholic. Who's going to meet up out of these two, two, uh, two matchups? These are, these are going to be tough. Um, I see Torrey Pines getting by Poway, but I think it's going to be another close uh, game like it was last year when these teams met up as three and six seeds in the open division. Uh, Poway has a lot of size. Um, Cole Stevens had a really good year. Adam Severe is going to be player of the year for a second straight year in that division. So, um, I, I, you know, they have a chance. They, they, have a, they have a very good chance to pull off the upset. But it's really difficult to win in the Olive Garden in the playoffs. The only team that comes to mind that pulled that off was Mission Bay a couple of years ago. So I'm going to pick Torrey Pines in that first one. Second round, the second matchup in that quadrant, Modern Day St. Augustine. That one's really interesting because Saints, you know, Saints have kind of struggled without Tyson Williams in the lineup since losing him to that shoulder injury after the first Holy War game. Uh, they, you know, they lost two. You know, they lost uh, part two of that matchup, and you know they in that game, that second game, you only had four guys score, uh, and I think more than seventy percent of the offense came from two guys. Um, of course, those two guys are two of the best guys in the county: Luke Pop and Shibuzo Ogbo, who's headed to Texas Tech. Uh, Modern Day Catholic earlier in the year was able to beat Torrey Pines, you know, in a, in, a, in their home game over at, at Modern Day. Down the stretch, there have been questions about chemistry, 
um, whether whether all the guys are bought into their roles, uh, those are questions that you don't want to have entering the playoffs. But and and with that said, you don't want those questions entering the playoffs against a Mike Hop team, um, um, Mike Hop coach team. So I'm going to pick Saints in this one. But again, this is a game that modern day could win because they do have talented backcourt players. And Saints right now, uh, Declan Brett's going to Emerson College. Nice story. Um, you know, solid high school guard. But beyond him, they've, you know, they've, they've really, their backcourt has, their backcourt's had a, a, a go of it this year. Um, and modern day with Melo Sanchez and Kalon King and guys like that uh, could, could really stir things up. So this is going to be a close matchup, but I'm picking, I'm going to, I'm staying with the scratch. Um, Corey Fine Saints in that next round. Well, we'll have to find out how this all plays out. We'll have him back on the show. Full-time hoops one, Aaron Bergen. Aaron, uh, thank you very much for picking non-San Diego Caver colors. Um, I, I, I'm sure that in the playoff time, that was hard for you to not be just head-to-toe in, in Caver gear this time of year. Um, Next time I'm wearing the 17-18 championship shirt. Deal, deal. I'll, I'll hold you to that. Go hit him up, though, for further opinions on all of this and any other stuff that you need San Diego High School basketball-related all year round. Aaron, thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. No doubt.